to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful. Lord, we thank you for a moment and a time like this in your presence. We ask, O God, that you prepare our hearts for your word. Give us of your Holy Spirit, that great teacher, to minister to us, bringing us all truth, Lord, and revealing your word unto us. Teach us, Lord, and make us teachable Christians, teachable children of God and I pray Lord that at the end of this service you would have drawn us closer in our walk with you we thank you we give you glory and honor in Jesus name amen amen why don't you put your hands together for the Lord and be seated wonderful and um, tonight um, I want to continue with our message on backsliding. I love it. Sliding. I love it. I love it. Preach. Sliding. I mean, I don't know how many of you are enjoying the message, but, you know, wonderful, wonderful. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, so we want to continue. And um, we have been saying that this message is relevant to everyone. It applies to every Christian, whether you are a bishop, you are a prophet, you are a shepherd, or you were just born again um, two weeks ago, this message applies to you. And it doesn't matter how many years you have been a Christian, it's still applicable to your life. Hallelujah. And we are looking at the principal causes of backsliding. We've been talking about the principal causes of backsliding. And I think I have given you a few causes, a few causes of backsliding. And if you can recall how many causes I've given you, I think we talk about number one, emptiness. 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 We talk about emptiness. And then number two, we talk about shallowness. Do you remember? We talk about shallowness. And then we talk about lust. I'm talking about the principal causes of backsliding. And these are not limited to these causes, but we are highlighting some principal causes, things that are applicable to our lives that can cause us to backslide. And I shared with you that backsliding is not that you have now stopped serving God. You are, it is the end stage of backsliding. But when you slow down, when you pause in your walk with God, when the Spirit of God is moving faster than you are moving, it is backsliding. Hallelujah. When you begin to sense some diminuity in your activities in the things of God, it is backsliding. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Yes. So we talk about last, number three, and then number four, we talk about bitterness. Hallelujah. We talk about bitterness. And we say that bitterness is the end stage of offenses 
that are not healed. And when you have offenses that you do not heal from, you become a bitter person. Do you understand? You become a bitter person. And eventually, what is going to happen is that you fall off. Hallelujah. You fall off. You know, when you have any type of wound, you know, I mean, the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Do you understand? We are the body of Christ collectively. So each one of us form a part of this body. True. Now, if your particular part of the body, you in particular, if there is some form of offense and you don't heal, you will fall off the body. Do you understand? Yeah. And that is what happens even with your own body. You know, when people do have diabetes, for instance, when you have diabetes and you, you, you don't, you, you develop an ulcer, say you, you hurt your toe or, you know, your heel and you develop some form of ulcer and it doesn't heal, you know, and the way it heals is that there ought to be a good supply of blood to the area. Do you understand? A good supply of blood brings healing. Now, if you do things that cuts off the supply of blood, then the wound doesn't heal. Do you understand? And the wound will continue on and continue on. And what will happen is that that part of the body ought to be cut off. Otherwise, it will spoil the whole body and it will make the whole body sick and you will die. That is why you see diabetics who develop ulcers that don't heal, they get amputation. They cut off their toes or they cut off their foot or they cut off their leg to save the rest of the body. Do you understand? And in the same way, when you also don't heal from offenses, okay? Now, what supplies nutrients for your healing is the word of God that we preach. Just like the blood supplies that wounded area, the word of God ought to apply to your hurtful places, the wounds that are in you. And you ought to allow it. If you do things to cut it off, you know, such as you cut the blood supply off or you cut the word of God off, you don't heal. And eventually what is going to happen to you is you leave. You, 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 you end up being cut off from the body. Otherwise, you spoil the rest of the body. You spoil the church. When you are hurt and you don't heal, you, have, you realize that you spoil the church. You say all kinds of things to justify why you are hurt. Do you understand? And it spoils the church. And I found out that God has a way of removing such people from the rest of the body so that he will keep the body healthy and going. Amen. Amen. So when you are hurt, allow healing. Allow healing. Any hurtful situation that is in you that is not healed is a step towards backsliding. You are being backslidden. And you have realized that when you are hurt, you know, you diminish the amount of activities that you offer in the house of God. You don't want to lead prayers anymore because you are hurt. Somebody spoke to you like a child. Somebody spoke to you in a way that you didn't appreciate. You stopped singing. You know, you even stopped taking notes in church. 
And then you start seeing every message as of affecting you and offending you and directed against you, you know. But that is all God's way of trying to heal you, okay? But you, you close yourself from healing, and in the end, you know, you backslide. You leave. You, you end up leaving the church. And that is not what God wants us to do. That is not God is intending for us to become. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is a key. Forgiveness is a key in maintaining any type of relationship. You know, it's a key in maintaining any form of relationship. If you don't have the ability to forgive, you cannot maintain a relationship, you know. And one day I was sharing with you what Apostle Joy shared with us that, you know, classrooms, classrooms are maintained, you know, classrooms where many students come over and over, over many years is maintained and they are all taught on the same board, on the same chalkboard. Do you understand? And I don't know what kind of boards they use here. You know, these days, I guess everything is electronic, you know. But even with electronic, they write, they show prints on the electronic board. Isn't that so? Yeah. Okay. And here today, they use markers. Isn't that so? Yeah. Nice. So when they are writing on the board with markers, you understand? One of the things that keeps the classroom going is that they have cleaners. So when they write, then they clean everything for the next subject. Isn't that so? Yeah. So... The, the, the board is always clean for you to learn and move forward to the next class. And so it keeps the class going year after year. Many, many people come in and go. Do you understand? Now, if we don't take the cleaner with us to wipe what we have studied or what has happened before, and we continue to write on it. Say, last yesterday we learned history. And then today we come and then we start writing mathematics on the same board. We didn't wipe anything. I mean, I don't know how many people will comprehend, but you will be confused. Sure. You'll be so confused, you will not understand anything that they are writing. Mind you, dy dx is something that is already complex for you. Do you understand? And then they are writing it on top of the history notes that were there before. Do you understand? S squared plus 3X plus 1 equals 0 is already a complicated something for you. And now they are writing it on top of. So you become very dizzy. And (laughs) it makes you not want to be in that class. Because you feel it's useless. You don't understand anything. Do you understand? You feel it's a waste of time being in this class. And that is how it is with relationship. If you are getting into a marriage and you don't have your cleaner with you to wipe out the offense of yesterday and you are going to compile it, yesterday's offense, and then you add the next day's offense, 2001, 2003, 2005, 2007 offenses, you have piled them all on the board without cleaning anything. After a while, you become very dizzy. And you become very confused in the marriage. And you don't feel like being in the marriage anymore. Because you feel there's no meaning to being in this marriage. Just as you feel there's no meaning staying in this class. Do you understand? And you don't show up at all. 
or some people decide to just show up in the class just to mark themselves that they were in the class. They don't listen to anything. Isn't that so? And you also become like that in the marriage. You are just in it. You are not married. You are two separate people in the class, like, like friends, two friends or brothers. And you're not even friends. You don't talk. You know, your heads are like lizards. You know, you just nod your heads to answers. No, no talking. You understand? Except some stranger comes in and then they realize that you both can talk. Wow, we can talk actually because some third person has come in the house. Do you understand? And that is how it is for so many relationships because there's unforgiveness. You don't have the ability to forgive and so you cannot maintain any form of relationship. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm sharing with you? Forgiveness is a key to the most joyful, peaceful, blessed relationship. Any form of enjoyable relationship the key is the ability to forgive. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And you're going to need a lot of that ability to be able to maintain any relationship, any relationship, because people who are closer to you are the ones who will step on your toes. Mm-hmm. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? At your job places, they, they are not that close. And so everyone says you are a nice person. You know, they say you are a nice person because they are not that close. but when they come close when you come home and someone is very close to you that is when the person gets to step on your toes and then they know who you really are do you understand you know who you really are so many brothers you know the sisters their sisters their biological sisters say they are very nice you know they are very (laughs) nice you know and then the wife says who are you talking about he is terrible you know and they don't understand. They say, what are you talking about? Not my brother. He says, she says, I'm living with the devil himself. You say, what are you talking about? They are surprised. You see, they don't know the kind of person he is because he's not that close to the sister as he is with the wife. Do you understand? Uh, okay. Who's he's stepping on on a regular basis. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sisters too are very wicked, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are nice sisters also with their brothers, but very wicked, wicked. wives <laughs> also. Very wicked wives. No, when a woman is wicked, she is desperately wicked. That is wicked. You know, who can know? It? You know, and frankly, I thought that thing was particularly with some people, not knowing that it's all women at all. <laughs> You know, I had some women, you know, Caucasian women, they, and they're talking and they say, as for us women, we are our own enemies. I said, wow, this thing is universal. You know, and I was shocked. I said, hey, you're saying something. When I said you are saying something, she turned to me as, what am I surprised about? You know, what a shock. I mean, the Lord give us mercy. That's my friend. Anyway, so we continue with our principal causes of backsliding. And today, I want to share with you number five. Uh, it's sin. 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 S-I-N. Sin. S for sin. S-I-N. Sin. Hallelujah. 
Amen. your favorite word, sin. So sin is a major cause of backsliding. Sin is a major cause of backsliding. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 and verse 2 that our sin separates us from God. Mm. When we are involved in sin, it does separate us from God. Hallelujah. When we are living in sin, the Bible says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. So our sins separate us from God. When you are living in sin, you distance yourselves from God. And the more and the longer you live in sin, the further and further away you move from God. Hallelujah. So you realize the next thing that happens is you backslide completely when you continue to live in sin. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you continue to live in sin, you completely backslide. And sin, you know, sometimes it starts off like very benign. Do you understand? It starts off like very benign, you know, and for instance, you, 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 you are having some form of relationship and, you know, you are a good Christian, you know, you are a strong Christian and then you get into some, you know, illegal relationship such as fornication or adultery, you know, it's illegal. I say it's illegal, you know, and, <laughs> and it is maybe one time. <laughs> Just that the police will not arrest you for this, but the heaven's angels will arrest you. Arrest you. Yeah. you understand? And maybe just one time, just one time, and then you, you feel bad about it. You know, you feel bad about it. And, you know, you, you, are, you, you, you have some form of remorse, you know, that you regret getting involved in this. You feel it was an accident, you know. And then if you are not guarded and then it happens again, then it is less of a remorse. Do you understand? And then it happens again, you know, and then it happens again. And then you realize that ah, the thing is, it's like, you know, becoming normal. Mm. Do you understand? Then it becoming, maybe it was like once a month, you know, and then it becoming like once a week, then three times a week. And then you realize that it has become normal. If you are not careful, then now you are living in it as if it is normal. And that is when the Bible talks about seared conscience. Mm. Do you understand? So when you continue to live in sin like this, you are backsliding. And eventually you are going to be, because you are being separated from God. Anytime you are involved in sin, you are distancing yourself from God. And eventually you are going to backslide. Hallelujah. Living in sin is living in darkness. Hallelujah. When you are in sin, when you are living in sin, you are living in darkness. darkness. The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 130, it says the entrance, Psalm 119 and verse 130, it says the entrance of thy words giveth light. The entrance of God's word, the Bible says it giveth light and it giveth understanding unto the simple. So you may not know, but the more of God's word you hear, the more and more of the word of God you hear, the more light comes into your life. Do you see? And the darkness in your life leaves you. 
as you expose yourself to more and more light, then the darkness leaves you. Do you see? So when you are involved in a sin and you expose yourself to the word of God, as we are doing, you realize that light is entering into you. Do you understand? Light is entering into you. And you may not know how. You may not know how. God is one who is saying that the entrance of his word, it gives light. Okay? And when you are living in sin, you are living in darkness. So when you allow more of the word of God to enter into you, then more light is coming into your life. That is why you are encouraged to listen to the word of God a lot. Listen to the word of God a lot. It will help you from backsliding. It will save you from backsliding. Whatever effect that has, the Bible calls it the light. Do you understand? And it enters into you. So the word of God is the main thing that frees you from living in sin. It frees you from living in sin. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, the, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. And the light is the word of God. If you read from verse 1, it says, the, In the beginning was the, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Do you understand? And then he said, the same was in the beginning with God. And then he said, verse 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4 says, in him was life and the life was the light of man. And then verse 5 says, and the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. That means the darkness cannot contain it. Like darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot stand it. Hallelujah. Amen. When God spoke his word, darkness was, before then, darkness was all over the surface of the earth. And the darkness vanished. Do you understand? So the word of God, you may not know, but it's very powerful. Amen. It is very powerful and it has effect on anyone who exposes himself or herself genuinely to the word of God. When you listen to preaching messages and you, you, you feel like it's, talking about something concerning you, you feel uneasy. Oh, true. You feel uneasy. And even there's no one there. Maybe you are just listening in your car. And then suddenly in your car alone, you feel uneasy. As the word is coming, you feel like someone is really talking to you and something is happening to you. That is the effect of the word of God. Now, the reason why you don't feel like that is when you are playing it, you are not listening. Mercy. It's, it's just that it's a nice Christian thing to drive and let a message preach. Do you understand? You don't really listen. But when you are listening, you, you get this on ease moments, uncomfortable moments. Do you see? Even in the church, sometimes, you know, when we are preaching and you feel the preaching is hitting you, your face changes suddenly. You see, your face changes suddenly and sometimes you don't know whether to look at the preacher or, you know, to look into your Bible, pretend like you are writing notes, you know, pretend like you are seriously, you know, focusing and writing something. But it's just that you feel uncomfortable. You know, you, you feel like, ah, has he seen something? You know, I mean, has somebody told him anything about me? Why, I mean, why is the preacher? Sometimes the first day you are coming to the church, and you see that the person who invited you mentioned something to the preacher. Yeah. Oh. 
you are preaching do you see i've come I've, i mean i have been i've welcomed many people first day of their attendance to church first day visiting us and they told me reverend everything you said was about me and sometimes they're looking at you like you are a magician but it's the holy spirit that has found you have found favor in the face of the holy spirit and is ministering to you directly do you understand it's the holy spirit who has been merciful to you sometimes it's even worse on the zoom you know in the zoom especially when the thing is rotating and videos are coming and then boom your video comes and then what i'm talking about is something that you are doing then you don't know whether to turn off your video or you know then you you, you pretend like it's an accident the video just went off something you know <laughs> but just welcome the word of god amen welcome the word of god and allow it to affect you a mature and a wise person embraces the message and allows the light to enter into you and work on you. That is a mature Christian. Hallelujah. On the other hand, on the other hand, a proud and immature Christian or immature person gets angry with the preacher. You get angry with the preacher and sometimes leave. Mm. You see, and one of the main reasons why many people leave churches is because they are living in sin and do not like to be exposed. Do you see? But the word of God, it will expose you. The word of God will expose you. The Bible says that it's like a two-shepherd-edged sword. You know, it has, it cuts you whichever direction. It is cutting you. It it pierces your heart. Do you understand? And it searches you. That is the word of God. It has that effect. And so don't be angry when the word comes in your direction. And oftentimes, when the word is really not concerning you, you enjoy the preaching a lot. Oh, yeah. And then you say, preach on, especially when you know someone you don't like who who is doing the thing. You know, someone who doesn't talk to you much or someone who has done something wrong to you is affecting the person. Especially maybe someone has been rude to you, someone has been stubborn to you, someone, and then we are preaching then you are happy. You see, you are enjoying it. That the thing that you wanted to say to the person, it is exactly what the preaching is bringing. Preacher, reverend. They were testing me pick up. I don't know what they were talking And then you say, stay there. Stay you know there. You know and you say, hammer, hammer, hammer. But you will never say, stay there when the message is about you. <laughs> so move on, small. Move on. <laughs> when the message is about you, you say, hey, reverend. <laughs> there's a good day. <laughs> are you understanding what i'm sharing with you but that is the favor of the holy spirit that is the amen. favor of the holy amen. spirit amen. Amen. amen don't be don't be angry when the word of god is coming your way it's delivering you from backsliding it's amen. delivering you from living in sin hallelujah amen. and people live like that and give all kinds of reasons mm. all kinds of reasons do you understand Sometimes they tell you why they are living, and it's not that at all. It's because they are involved in something that the message came in that direction. And especially when the preacher is talking about that particular area, and then it's not the next week, the same thing, you know. And then why are you always talking about drinking on Saturday evening and, you know, coming to church the next morning? Why can you not move on? You see, then you feel like it's too much. 
You know, <laughs> you don't have anything to preach about except fornication <laughs> and drinking <laughs> and drinking and adultery. This is, do you not have anything else to say? And then you feel guilty like that. And then they leave. They can't stand. But when you when you embrace when you embrace the word when you embrace the word the bible says that light enters into you and then the darkness that is in you it cannot comprehend Amen. you know and eventually it leaves you you, you it vanishes and then you realize you are free Amen. hallelujah and then you begin to enjoy your christian work properly hallelujah Amen. wonderful so Allow your sins to be exposed. Confess your sins. And remain a Christian. If you hide your sins, the enemy lies for you to hide your sin. Do you understand? The enemy will always like for you to hide when you have done something that is against God. That is why when Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned and God came, Adam hid himself. Do you understand? That is what sin does to you. It makes you hide from God. Mercy. You understand? And you don't want to be exposed. You, you will wish that the preacher would never mention that area. Forgive. You understand? That is um, it's deliverance for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Number six. Number six is without truth. Mercy. Without truth. Mm. Without truth. People backslide when the truth is not in them. Mercy. You will backslide when the truth is not in you. Wow. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Are you understanding the word of God this evening? Yes, please. You are preaching powerfully. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Are you understanding the word? Yes. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the, the weapons of the devil. Then he says, for the reason is this, listen carefully. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the Bible is saying that our Christian walk, are you a Christian? Okay. Then he says, the Christian walk it's not a war against, I mean, that means that we are already in a war. Once you are a Christian, you have entered a war. Okay? There are forces, powerful forces that are fighting you to make you backslide and not become a Christian any longer. Okay? So there are two forces. There is a spiritual force that is fighting you. And I want to show you, the Bible is telling you that the wrestle, this war, or in this warfare, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm. You see? So your boss, who is, you know, like changing your schedule such that, you know, you can't come for Sunday service and, you know, he's annoying to you and 
that is not really what you are wrestling with. You know, that every Sunday when you are getting ready to go to church, that is when your husband says, make me breakfast. And then you say, this person is a real witch or wizard or something, you know. And it's like an evil spirit himself or the devil himself preventing me from serving my Lord. That is not the person. Flesh and blood is a person, is a human being. Do you understand? I mean, yes, there are people like that who, who make our Christian life difficult. But that is really not where your target of war and fight should be. He says, for we wrestle, we wrestle in this war, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, listen to the description. God is giving you a vivid description of what you are really fighting against. You are teaching. He says, but we wrestle against principalities. Mm. We wrestle against powers. Do you see these things? You don't see them. But the Bible is telling you what you are really fighting against. Mm. It says against principalities, against powers, Powers. against the rulers of the darkness of this world. I mean, we are living in a world of darkness, but there are another darkness where the rulers really are. It says this, we are wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, not the common witch in your family and, you know, the wizards, small, small wizards, but spiritual wickedness in high places. High places. Wow. You are preaching. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So the Bible is really giving you a clear picture of the yes. army that is fighting your spiritual walk, okay? It's describing a real picture of a a, a powerful, I mean, it's describing, it says against powers. The Bible is acknowledging that they have powers. Mm. Against principalities. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So then he says, wherefore? wherefore, wherefore, this is how you prepare. This is what is required of you to be ready to fight this enemy that the Bible just described. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Don't leave any part of God's armor undone. Arm yourself with the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having done all, having paid your tithe, having listened to messages, having, you know, prayed, having done everything, you should still be able to stand because that does not leave them alone. Now, let's see the armor that God wants you to he says, stand, therefore, having your loins get about with truth. Amen. Wow. Wow. You see, I want to show you something. If God is showing you as a Christian soldier mm-hmm. how to dress to be able to face the enemy, my little understanding I thought 
he will first say, have the Holy Spirit. True. Do you understand? Yes. But it comes down the dressing. Mm. It comes as you dress, as you continue on the dressing. The first thing, the first armor or the first arm that you need to put on, the Bible says, is the belt of truth. Amen. Having your loins get about with truth. Your teaching. And then having on the breastplate of righteousness. Mm. And then what is the next one? And your feet shot with the preparation of gospel of peace. Okay. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay. And, uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Music. So, and then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. Do all of these things. But I'm showing you here that your Christian walk is a real spiritual warfare. Amen. Whether you like it or not, there is a whole army of enemies, spiritual enemies that are fighting you every day to make you backslide. True. You are teaching. True. Do you understand? And we are told here that the arm, to arm yourself with, 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 with an armor of God for this warfare. Mm-hmm. And the first and the principal and the fundamental part of your armor of God is to put on the belt of truth. Put on the belt of truth. Hallelujah. The truth sets you apart to place you on the side of the wall where you belong. I'll show you in a minute. Do you understand? The truth is what places you in that part of the army where you are fighting for God. Or with God. The truth binds or it holds your whole Christian life together. It is a fundamental, the foundation of your strength, of your armor, to have the belt of truth. That is why when you dress, you know, you put in your pants and your shirt and everything, you have to tighten your belt. Otherwise, you see everything is getting loose. Yeah, everything will come down. You need a belt of truth. The fundamental requirement in the Christian work is truthfulness. Truthfulness. Mm. But unfortunately, it is the common sin for many Christians. You are preaching. It's a common sin for many Christians. True. Christians lie unnecessarily. (laughs) When it's not necessary... Christians lie. They tell a lie when it's not necessary. You are preaching. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. That is the reason why many Christians are weak. Because the belt of truth is not there. It's losing. Your life as a Christian is not bound up together. Mm. Your armor is loose. Mm. You understand? You see... What lie does is that it opens the door for evil spirits to enter into you. 
What is, that is what lies does to you. You are teaching. When you lie, that is what it does to you. It opens the door for evil spirits to enter into you. Whenever you tell a lie, you are telling the devil that you are on his side. You are my father. I'm telling you. And we lie unnecessarily. Oh. I mean, unnecessary situations, you are taking that advantage to welcome the devil into your life. Yes, see. Unnecessary, sometimes, I mean, I mean, useless situations, then you just lie for nothing. This is what Jesus says about lying in John chapter 8 and verse 44. John chapter 8, verse 44. He says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the last of your father ye are. Mm. He says, and the last of your father ye will do. Mm. He says, you are of your father the devil, and I'm showing you who is on the devil's side. Who is the father of the devil? Jesus says, I'm not writing the Bible. This is where that came directly from the mouth of our Lord and our Savior. You are preaching. This ye are of your father the devil, and the last of your father ye will do. Mm. He was a murderer from the beginning, mm. and abode not in the truth, mm. because there was no truth in him. I'm sorry to say that some Christians there's no truth in them. Then them when they say something, you have to believe the opposite. Mercy, mercy. Do you understand? Yeah. I mean, simple. Oh, I didn't see you in service last Sunday. Oh, reverend, you know, and then you begin to lie. Why? I mean, what would I do to you? The only thing I would do is encourage you to come. True. I will not beat you. I will not charge you. I will not give you a ticket. I will not find you. I will, and you lie. You just lie blatantly. Mercy. You are preaching. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. We involve in ourselves in our team. Somebody is going to Ghana. And then you, you say, ah, you just called you. and say, ah, so you just decided yesterday to go to Ghana tomorrow. Is that what you, I didn't know. Oh, Reverend, I just, you know, I just saw this cheap ticket and I bought it. You know, you have planned your trip almost a month ago. Six months ago, you have planned your trip. Hey, before your dress is. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now listen to what Jesus said. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Mercy. For he is a liar and the father of it. So anyone who speaks a lie or who tells a lie, you are switching parents. You are saying, I have chosen side in this war. I have chosen side with the enemy. I have chosen side with the devil. That is why when you tell a lie, you open up your life for evil spirits to enter. Because you are welcoming them. You are declaring to them that I'm with you. I'm a brother. Come for me. (laughs) That is why in your armor, when you put on the belt of truth, it separates you from the devil's camp. Wow. Preach. And you stand on, you declare yourself that I'm against the devil. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
So lie is a very serious thing for a Christian. And it just puts you away from the army of Christ. And mm. you are on your way to backsliding when you continue to tell a lie. Mm. Whenever you tell a lie, big or small, there is no such thing as a small lie. <laughs> oh, this small lie, you are calling me the devil's daughter or the devil's son. Oh, <laughs> Um, people have told big lies. <laughs> people have told lies to the whole nation. You know, good this, oh, Reverend. There's no such thing, small or big. The Bible says he's the father of lies. Mm. It didn't tell what the small lies makes him the father or big lies. He's the father of small lies and big lies. He's the father. And you are telling the devil, I am your child when you tell a lie. Read the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. Read it. Mm. You know, there are some people from a certain country, they have a culture whose default is a lie. Mercy. You know, they they lie without thinking. They they I mean it's very easy. And they lie, they don't even know they have lied. Mercy. Second nature. (laughs) And they know themselves, that country. Forgive. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? You give, I mean, they buy something, they give you another receipt, they give you another cost, they tell you something else. Every opportunity is an opportunity to lie. Mm. Every opportunity, they go and buy something and then they tell the person to give them a different receipt. They buy 10 bags of cement for this cost, and they say, Give me a different receipt. To show this cost, but I've paid you this much so yeah. that I can make some money from. I mean, everything they have to lie. Doctors lie, lawyers lie, evangelists lie, pastors lie, every class, every state they lie. Mercy. May the Lord help us. Amen. 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 And sometimes, even when the truth is not harmful, when the truth is harmless, <laughs> like you tell the truth and nothing will happen, they will choose to tell a lie. I saw the ticket yesterday. But... <laughs> Do you understand? Let's see. Oh. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. Oh, wow. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. You don't like my message. You see, you see I that? Love that? It. I, love I, said. I love you it. See it. You see <laughs> what you are doing. It's tricky. <laughs> Some people are picking up big time. You see what you're doing. <laughs> you're angry with me already. Oh, who is that? Who is that? Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. I see you are turning your video off because you are angry. Hey. Okay, you go ahead. <laughs> Forgive. Who is come on, that? come on back. I'm not done. I'm not done. Come on back. All of you who have the most or turn off your video, come back. Yeah. Amen. I said this before I started preaching, so don't be... Uh... Come back. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. The Bible says, these six things that the Lord hates. Mm. Wow. wow. If the Bible says that <laughs> there are six, six things that God hates, shouldn't you wake up and be alert to hear. Hey. And you want to know. 
I want to know. I mean, I would like to know something that God says in his word, I hate. <laughs> I will. Yes. Even your own brother or sister or wife or husband, if he says, I hate this, this I hate, you want to pay attention so that you don't do it. Isn't that so? So yeah. now here, the Bible says, these six things doth the Lord hate. Mm. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Mm. Okay, so it says a proud look. Well, now fix your look because I'm preaching and you don't like it. Look at your proud look. Please fix it. The Lord hates that. I'm seeing one. Mercy. Smile, smile. Try and smile. Force a smile out. Force a smile through that look. Force it out. Come on, bring it out. <laughs> sister, sister. Just a proud look. God hates. A lying tongue. Mercy. A lying tongue. Mercy. God hates a lying tongue. Mercy. And he says, and hands that shed innocent blood. Mm, that one. A heart that devised wicked imaginations. Mm. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Forgive. <laughs> Without thinking. <laughs> you run for some evil thing. There's a latest, latest gossip. <laughs> and a false witness that speaketh lies. Mercy. And so this wow. mm-hmm. I mean, God is listing six things that he hates. He mentioned lies twice. Mercy. Mm-hmm. A false witness. And you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, anything that God hates, it puts you opposite him. True. You see, it puts you opposite him and he opposes anything that he hates. Mm-hmm. If you are involved in it and you don't stop. Mm-hmm. So God hates lies and he embraces truth. And if he likes truth, then he will defend you whenever there's truth in you. Mm. Amen. And you continue to walk with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, the truth that is the truth that sets you free from demonic attacks. Mm. Is the truth that delivers you from backsliding. Let the truth be in you. Let the truth be in you. Endeavor to tell the truth. Do you understand? Be conscious of lying. Change your culture. And now be conscious of lying. That lies, it does some evil things to you. Mm. And when you lie, because I I know you have developed this for a long time, it's not going to go away like now. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. All things are possible. Okay, and you, too, you can become a person who always tells the truth. You yeah. can become. You and I can become people who always tell the truth. Amen. And when we continue to tell the truth, we are declaring that we are on the Lord's side in the force and in the war. And we stand against the wiles of the devil. We stand against the evil one. We stand against principalities and powers. And we stand against spiritual wickedness in high places. And when we continue to do that, we continue to walk with God. And we stay in the army. And we will not backslide. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Do we have time for one more? Okay, we have two short ones. So let me give you, and then we'll be done with these courses. So the next one is rebellion. Rebellion. Good day. Rebellion. So rebellion is opposition to authority. I love this. Or a fight against authority. Preach. That is rebellion. Okay. During the, the daytime, opposition. <laughs> it's opposition against authority. Opposition to authority. Okay, opposition is already against. So opposition to authority or a fight against authority. Mercy. Mercy. And a person who fights authority or who fights an established leadership mm. is called a rebel. Mercy. Do you understand? You see, whenever we hear someone is a rebel, it's not pleasant to us, you see. You, you don't like rebels. You like rebels. <laughs> no, no. So a Christian who cannot submit to authority is on the way to backsliding. Mercy. I'm telling you. Mercy. You are preaching. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Such a person is usually proud. It is pride that makes people rebellious mm. and as you already know pride is something that god opposes mm. god opposes pride and so you cannot walk with god you cannot continue to work with someone who is opposing you let's see so you are backsliding we are moving away from god when you are a rebellious person mm. you see and authority is authority it doesn't matter if it is a woman in authority or is a young person in authority or it doesn't matter who is authority is authority and any form of fighting against authority is rebellion mm. Mm. hallelujah amen that you are teaching now rebellion you know in a worldly definition or in a worldly outlook sounds like a person who is outspoken Busy. Oh. You know, it sounds like someone who is outspoken or someone who is just a troublemaker. That is how it sounds like. Isn't that so? That yeah. as for this person, oh, he's a troublemaker. That means he's going to rebel. Yeah. Even this is, he speaks his mind or he speaks her mind. Yeah. You know, that is someone we look at when the person is rebellious all the time, you see. But God looks at that quite differently. Mm. God's looking at a rebellion or a rebel is completely different. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23, it says, for rebellion, mm. 1 Samuel 15 and 23, it says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Forgive, 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 forgive. Forgive. And stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Let's see. And this Paul, God said about Saul, and he said, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he had also rejected thee from being king. So when you are a rebellious person, you are a person who is in God's eyes, Practicing witchcraft. Mercy, 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 mercy. 
You never thought of yourself like that. Do you see? Uh-huh. When you became rebellious. In the spirit, you are flying the night. <laughs> Mercy. You understand? <laughs> so you are you in the eyes of God, it says that this is a sin equating to witchcraft activity. Forgive. Mercy, mercy. So when we say that, oh, as for this person, he always speaks his mind. Everything, you know, he has something to say and oppose it. Every, I mean, I'm not saying that don't speak your mind. That's not what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand me. You know who is a rebel. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you know yourself. Their words are like guns. <laughs> you are preaching. So some people... They are also politely rebellious. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, politely rebellious. They are hypocritically rebellious. You know, that is very dangerous. Mm. Do you see? You don't look rebellious. (laughs) But I'm saying that God knows that you practice witchcraft. (laughs) Even though you look quite nice, you know, when we say something, oh, okay, okay. But you know you are going to rebel in your heart. You, are, you have rebelled already. God yes. sees a person who practices witchcraft. <laughs> mercy, mercy. Oh, a Christian by witchcraft. Mercy. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are teaching. You don't say it openly, you know, <laughs> but you rebel quietly. He said, it's still witchcraft. <laughs> you understand? You, you are like a high-level witchcraft. <laughs> you know? And no matter how form you present it, no matter how it comes out, God sees it as rebellious. And he says that the sin of rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Mercy. No matter how you present it. <laughs> Oh, mercy. When you're binding witchcraft, you're binding yourself. Mercy. God have mercy. Like the person, you are on your way to backsliding. Because God is about to reject you. Mercy. You understand? So being rebellious is a sign or is a, 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 is a classic cause of backsliding. You are backsliding. True, true. And it is a cause that you follow. When you become rebellious, you feel like you have to continue. Yeah. And you have to justify it. True. That is why Saul was justifying his rebellious activity. And when you look at what Saul did, you will not describe it even as rebellious. At all. At all. You will not describe it. And he himself, he was defending. He said, ah, how do you call this? I mean, I just did this. I did everything you told me. Just this one thing. You are saying I'm a rebellious and I'm practicing witchcraft. You, God sees it differently. That you are teaching. You are teaching. That's just one thing. Wow. God sees it differently. Wow. So the best thing for you to stay on working with God is to say that this is my activity. It has been a sign of rebellion. And repent. This is what Saul didn't do. Mm. Mm. Is somebody understanding what the message is about now? Yes, please. Okay. So the last one. The last one. Are you ready for the last one? Yes. Let's just share the last one and then we close. The last one is foolishness. Hey, Foolishness. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> just plain old foolishness. Hey, mercy. Uh, foolishness, you see, is I'm not talking about foolishness as you know, you play the fool. 
you understand? It's <laughs> overestimating your spiritual strength. Wow. When you overestimate your spiritual strength, mm. it's plain old foolishness. Mm. Okay? It's foolishness when you overestimate your spiritual strength or your Christian strength. Mm. Okay? Mm. I mean, there are certain things that common sense as a Christian, common sense should teach you that it must not be entertained. Certain things, common sense should just teach you that this must not be entertained. And if you trust so much in your spiritual strength Mm. and you decide to face those things, they will cause you to backslide. You are teaching. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says in Proverbs 28 and verse 26, Proverbs 28 and 26, the Bible says, he that trusted in his own heart is a fool. Mercy. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Amen. Do you see? Yes. So for instance, you are a center leader and you are not feeling well. You say you have a common cold. And then you ask one of your, the ladies, the young ladies in the center to come over to your apartment to make you some soup. You understand? (laughs) And it's the summer. But you still want her to boil some hot water to massage you (laughs) because all your body and your joints are aching. (laughs) And then to rub you with rub. (laughs) (laughs) You know rub. (laughs) You see, that is plain. And because you say, I'm the center leader, I know who I am. You know. And I am strong, you know. I mean, and this is like my sister. That is not like that is not your sister. You say she's like my sister. We have been in the church for a long time. You have become like my sister. That is plain old foolishness. What do you mean? understand? You are on your way to backslide. <laughs> my sister bullied me. You see, there's a reason why. I mean, in our church. Even mature Christians, such as shepherds and pastors, are not advised to visit a person of the opposite sex alone. Do you understand? There is a reason. There is a wisdom behind that. It's not that we don't trust you, but it is because we want you to walk wisely so that you will be delivered. Amen. The Bible says, he that trusted in his own strength or in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Amen. So it's not that we don't trust you, but you have to walk wisely. Amen. Amen. I heard of a story where a brother followed up a sister, followed up a sister and followed up, and then they ended up committing fornication. Serious Christian brother. Mercy. Mercy. They ended up committing fornication. And their sister said she has felt so horrible about what happened, you know, and she can't sleep over this thing that happened. And she feels so awful. So the brother should come so they can pray over it. <laughs> Again. And then the brother too went. And <laughs> then they ended up more sin. Second round. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I mean, that is foolishness. 
Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is foolishness. Mercy, mercy, Lord. Lord have mercy. So mm. if you are beloved, you are you are beloved. It is not wise to be together at certain places alone. It is not wise. I mean, two people who have affection one for another, you are looking forward to the day that you will marry so that this person it becomes your wife and you do all kinds of things and you want to be with this person alone in certain places. It's not, it's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> you are pretty. <laughs> The Bible says, will a man carry fire in his bosom and not burn? How can you carry fire in your bosom? You're looking at this thing and it's lying on your bosom and you say, I am strong. I will not burn. You carry this fire in your bosom and not burn. You will get burned. Not a wise thing. You become charcoal. Certain things are just foolishness. Pastor Chani, don't spoil the message. Okay. <laughs> Mercy. Certain things are just foolishness and not wise. So the Bible is encouraging us to walk wisely. Hallelujah. Amen. You go to the beloved's house and then she says, wait for me in the living room. I'm taking a shower. And then she goes in a shower and she says she's taking a shower. And then you are standing, waiting for her in the living room. You are standing there. (laughs) I mean, what kind of foolishness is that? Bring me the towel. (laughs) And then she comes back, walking through the living room to her bedroom with water on her body and a piece of towel around her. And then you are looking and then your eyes, you are looking. It's not a wise thing. So if you are involved in something like that, you are about to backslide. Are you understand? You see, there are young people in the church, and I must preach to them. Oh yes, yes. This is a message. There are people in the church who are hiding all kinds of relationships. You are involved in certain relationships, and you are hiding it. Mercy. You you get involved in all sorts of activities. You hide them from your pastor. Mercy. I mean, you are doing things. Why do you hide them from your pastor? <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what would I do to, I mean, I mean, what would I do to you to hide some of the activities from me? Why? And you say, I'm your pastor. What is the hope of a, of a, of a, a cow mm. who is traveling from Bronx to Long Island without the shepherd? Mm. What is the hope of that cow getting to Long Island? You become kebab. Kebab, kebab. That's what you become. You become kebab. We've said it, Reverend. So certain things are not wise. Certain things are just plain old foolishness and can be avoided to avoid backsliding. Amen. You know, one time we were were preparing to go for camp Mm -hmm. and as we were registering, two beloveds, they decided that they will book one room in the hotel. Ah. And they said, oh, uh, ah. we'll book um, a, a, a room with two, two beds, two uh, double beds. Look. And each one of us will sleep on the other bed. <laughs> one bed, I'm here and she'll be here. Ah. You know. What kind of foolishness is that? And they said, oh, <laughs> but we, we know ourselves. Ah. You know, we, we know ourselves. 
we will sleep on separate beds. They know they would. What kind of foolishness is that? <laughs> and they, were like, they thought it was okay. I said, no, 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 you can't do that. You go and share with the woman in one room and you go and share with the man in the other room. That's wisdom. Walk wisely and you'll be delivered. <laughs> Amen. Walk wisely. The Bible says, flee fornication. First Corinthians 6, 18. Flee fornication. It doesn't say that embrace it because you are strong and show the devil that you are strong. Prove to the woman that you are strong. Prove to the man that you are strong. It's not necessary. He says, flee. Are you wiser than the Bible? No. You are wiser than God. At all. God says, as for fornication, the best thing, the way to handle it is to run away. Run away from it. Uh, Young people, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Run away from it. And visiting your beloved in her apartment alone or his apartment alone is not fleeing fornication. You are fleeing into fornication. Amen. You are preaching. It's a powerful message. You have friends who drink. They drink, they smoke, they smoke all kinds of things. They smoke weed. What is the other thing that they smoke from the... They smoke hookah, they smoke electronic cigarettes, they smoke all kinds of things. And you say they are your friends. I mean, how can you, how long do you think you can prevail? And you say, for the sake of friendship, I don't want them to feel like I've abandoned them. If you cannot change them by your Christian life, you cannot affect them to stop, then you flee from them. It's difficult to change. You are bound to fall. You are bound to fall. You are preaching. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? You cannot withstand. You cannot withstand because the forces that are fighting you, they are not these friends that are smoking these things, but there are other principalities and powers that are fighting you so that you'll be involved in this. Okay. So don't think, as for my friends, I can say no to them. It's not them. Mm, mm, it's a force. Amen. Is the force that is fighting you. Hallelujah. Amen. As a young lady, it's not wise to get a male, young, another young male as your roommate. Kabada, kabada, kabada. And say, I'm trying to save some money. Reverend, I want to save some money on rent. You know, I'm telling you, the amount of money that you save on rent is not worth your backsliding. It's not worth your backsliding. <laughs> If you say, I need that money, I need it, but I cannot take you as a roommate because the Bible does not encourage me to do that. No, there's nowhere, there's nowhere that the Bible has written that a young woman don't have a male as your roommate. You see, but the Bible says, do not trust in the strength of your own heart. Do you understand? That is what the Bible says. And then it says that you should walk wisely. So that you deliver yourself. Mm -hmm. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? There are certain counseling that you should not involve yourself in. True. You know, certain counseling, a woman is telling you, you know, for instance, how 
she feels about men. I have this weakness with men. And, you know, I, I can't control myself with men. And, and then she's telling you these things. You, as a young man, you were not supposed to counsel a woman like that. Right? I was in run to reverend. Run, run, run. Don't tell me. Run to reverend. Don't entertain and say, oh, sister, don't worry. This is all evil spirit. We will pray about it. You, she's telling you that, hey, I'm here. Oh, you, you, you will fall. You will fall. You will take you like you will mash you like mashed potato. You understand? <laughs> so certain counseling don't even involve yourself. So certain counseling direct it. You say you the moment she starts, you say, please, this is there are certain matters that are too high for me. Mm. Then you say, go, 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 go. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because yeah. they have a reason and a purpose for coming to you with that counseling. Now you understand what I'm sharing with you. You become their next target and you will fall. Wow. Yeah. You know, there are certain things that are, it, it feels right to do. Do you understand? Yeah. Look, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us read the scripture and close. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. The Bible says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. There are certain things, when you do it, it's lawful. I mean, what is wrong with a brother when you have a Christian sister who is in this situation, or a Christian sister, when you hear of a brother who is having this situation and... Mm. I mean, there's nothing wrong, really, for counseling the person. But the Bible says, all things are lawful for me. But this one, it will not edify me. Mm. It will not help me. So certain things, they are just foolishness, and they will not edify you. And in that sense, stay away from them and remain a Christian, a strong Christian, that you do not backslide. Mm. Put your hands together for the Lord. As the wow. Wow. Next time we meet. Why don't you stand to your feet and let us pray? Over. Let us pray. Oh, Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord, for your word this evening. We thank you for speaking to our hearts, for ministering to us. We pray, Lord, that your word, the seed of your word, we pray, O Lord, and we are confident that it has fallen onto good grounds. Lord, help us to water the word and let it bring forth fruit in our life. In the name of Jesus, we declare, Lord, that we are on your side and we are not against you. Help us, Lord, to remain in the army. Help us to continue to walk with you, Lord. Deliver us from backsliding. Deliver us from all these courses, the courses of backsliding, the shallowness, the emptiness, the lust. Oh God, sin that causes us to backslide. Lord, deliver us. Rebellion, foolishness. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver us from these things. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from these forces and we will continue to walk with you. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful, Holy Spirit, for teaching us this evening. We give you thanks. We give you praise and adoration. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Now with all eyes closed and every head bowed, tonight you are here, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. Before the service ends, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. Perhaps you are visiting us, you are hearing us the first time today, and you know in your heart that you are not born again. Maybe your video is not even showing, but you are hearing me. And I want to invite you to Christ. You, you know you in your heart, if you were to die to get, today, you are not certain where you are going. But you can make that certainty today, this evening. You want to give your life to Christ. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I come to you just as I am. I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. Please wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. And be my savior. Be my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please, please write my name in the book of life. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing, Shana. Thy God and King To you alone I see We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom platform with ID number 823-299-84436 every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God richly bless you.